Hello and welcome to the What The Heck podcast. I'm your host, Glenn. Every week I explore something unexplained, talk about what it is and look at what else it could possibly be. Research is done as academically as possible and references will be given after the stories. This week, I'm looking at a family that seemingly went up in smoke. It's the story of the disappearance of the Sodder children. On Christmas Eve, 1945, a house fire in Fayetteville, West Virginia, lit up the night. Five of the nine children in the household had asked to stay up a little longer and had been allowed to do so as long as they took care of the farm animals, closed the curtains, locked the doors and turned out the lights. George and Jenny, their parents, went to bed along with the other four children. The eldest daughter fell asleep on the sofa. Around 1am, the phone rang. Jenny answered it in the upstairs hallway, where a woman on the other end of the phone asked for somebody who wasn't in the house. When told that it must have been the wrong number, the woman laughed strangely and hung up. Then Jenny noticed that the lights were on in the house. Upon inspection, she discovered that the curtains were still open and the door was also unlocked. Assuming that the children had forgotten to do the jobs given to them, she did it all again and returned to bed. As she was trying to drift off, she heard something hit the roof of the house and roll down the side of it. Then she smelled smoke. She shook George awake and ran to the bedroom door. Opening it up, she found a hallway full of smoke and flames covering the stairway leading to the children's bedrooms. Both George and Jenny shouted through the house to get out. By this point, only about half an hour had gone by since the phone call. George and Jenny left the house and performed a head count of the family. The five children who had stayed up late were missing. Believing them to still be inside, George decided to try and get back into the house, jumping through a window and slicing his arm in the process. As he looked throughout the house for the missing children, he found that he wouldn't be able to search properly with the house ablaze like that. Instead, he ran to the side of the house to get the ladder they kept there. It was gone. In a panic, he thought that if he could get one of his trucks next to the house, he could stand on top and help the children out of a window to safety. He tried both of his trucks and they wouldn't start. They'd worked fine earlier, so George was confused. At a loss, he returned to his family, unable to do anything but watch their house burn. It took less than an hour for the house to burn, leaving behind charred timber, rubble and the basement. One of the Sodder children that had made it outside ran to a neighbour to phone the fire department, but nobody picked up. Another neighbour saw the fire and tried to call from a local bar, but also got no response. With no other option, that neighbour drove into town to find the fire chief and sound the alarm. 
at 8 a.m. on Christmas morning, the fire department finally arrived. Allegedly, the fire chief couldn't drive the truck and it was a holiday. And that's why it took so long for the truck to get to the house. The local police followed the fire department and performed a cursory investigation. They consulted the coroner on the matter and determined that the five missing children must have died in the fire, which they said was caused by faulty wiring. No remains were found, but the police chief said that the fire had been hot enough to cremate the bodies. George returned to the house later to cover the basement with dirt and placed statues on it to preserve the site as a memorial, and the coroner's office produced death certificates for the missing children. That's not the end of it all though. The children were still missing and George and Jenny were unsatisfied with the explanation given by the police. They wanted something less flippant and more in depth. The lights were working just fine during the fire as the family escaped, so they didn't believe the faulty wiring answer. There was more to this and the couple demanded to know what it was. They began to investigate themselves. After discovering the lack of remains in the debris, Jenny went to a crematorium to find out if the house could have really cremated the bodies. Here, she found that it takes at least two hours for a cremation to occur. The house burned for less than an hour, so there should have been bodies in the debris if the children had been there. This information kick-started George and Jenny's investigation to find the truth. They discovered a few leads that led them away from what the police had told them. A bus driver told them how he had seen what he described as fireballs being thrown onto the house's roof, which could be the noises that Jenny heard before she smelled the smoke. A woman who knew the Sodder family said that she had seen the five children go by her in a strange car while the fire was burning. Finally, 50 miles away from Fayetteville, a waitress said she had served breakfast to the children on Christmas morning, but couldn't remember how many adults were with them. George and Jenny distributed photos of their missing children around the area, prompting a woman to tell them that they'd seen four of the children in the company of four adults at a hotel in South Carolina. The whereabouts of the fifth child were unknown to the woman. There were three leads that they could take to the police. Before they did though, Jenny wanted to test the theory of the bones. She burned some chicken bones in the oven for 45 minutes to see if they'd be reduced to ash in that time. They weren't. Coupled with information that George had learned about another house that burned down that did have skeletons in the debris, the pair took their findings to the police and demanded that they investigate further. The police refused to do so, which left George and Jenny investigating on their own once more. George kept returning to the ruins and digging through them to look for clues. Eventually, he found something. He found a few bones and some kind of internal organ. 
When tested, the organ was determined to be a cow's liver and the bones were from someone older than the children. The bones also showed no damage related to fire. The Sodders also put up a billboard near the ruins that featured pictures of all five children and offered a $10,000 reward for their safe return. They believed that the children were alive, that they had been deliberately taken from the house and that the fire had been deliberately started to distract from the missing children. The remaining family continued to search. In 1968, 23 years after the fire, Jenny received a letter. It had been mailed from Kentucky without a return address. Inside the letter was a photo of a young man. On the back of the photo was a few sentences. Louis Sodder. I love brother Frankie. Ill ill boys. A90132 but also possibly A90135. Jenny showed it to the authorities, who thought it was some kind of hoax. George and Jenny disagreed, believing that the man in the photo looked like what they thought Louis would have looked like as an adult. This time, they hired a private investigator to go to the place in Kentucky to find the photo sender or the man in the photograph. The investigator left for Kentucky with his fee and for some reason was never heard from again. The photo from 1968 was the last piece of evidence gained by the Sodder family. George died in 1969 and Jenny died 20 years later. The whole time, neither George nor Jenny believed their children perished in the fire. seems to be two theories to this mystery. At least two accepted theories. The first is that the children perished in the fire. However, that can't be possible as we found out from the coroner during the story. The second and probably most accepted theory is that the children were kidnapped. The question is, who kidnapped them and why? I've managed to find a couple of theories that could be reasons that the Sodder children were kidnapped. Iced Peach Melon on Reddit has a theory involving an insurance salesman threatening George. George was strongly opposed to Mussolini and loudly expressed his opinions in the Italian community, which were disliked by a lot of people. The theory is that the children were gone before the fire began taken at times that would have had them alone. The two oldest boys were tasked with locking the animals up that night. They could have been taken then. It's a strange theory though, because some versions of the events state that George and Jenny were still awake when those tasks were being performed. So surely they would have noticed if their children never returned. To add to the theory, what if the kidnappers turned the lights back on and undrew the curtains in the hopes that Jenny would notice when the phone call woke her up? Then, when she didn't and just did all the tasks again, 
the fire was started to ensure that she noticed. The theory doesn't link the two situations together, but I would hazard a guess that the kidnapping happened through the insurance salesman. This theory isn't a new one. The kidnapping theory usually involves one of two groups of people. The first group is Mussolini supporters from the Italian community, stealing the children to teach George Stodder a lesson. The other group is the Mafia. According to this theory, George was approached to be recruited to join, but he refused. So, in revenge for the refusal, the Mafia stole some of the children and set fire to the house. That's it in the way of theories. There are no leads or strings to follow on this one. But a few questions remain. Who took the ladder or messed with the trucks? If the children were taken and moved elsewhere, who did that? Who was the man in the photograph and where did the private investigator go? None of it really makes any sense and all of the information points to a kidnapping. However, with no evidence of that, it's almost impossible to come up with something that solves this mystery. It's been over 70 years and it's likely that the kidnapped children forgot their previous lives as sodders so it wouldn't be traceable anymore. I don't think this one will ever be solved. At this point, evidence is scarce. Nothing new is really going to appear after 70 years. Today's story came from a Smithsonian article called The Children Who Went Up in Smoke and an article from the True Crime Files called The Unsolved Disappearance of the Sodder Children. The theories came from the Unresolved Mystery subreddit and a Wattpad article by Warriors Love called The Mystery of the Sodder Children. References for the episode and links to studies will be posted on social media for you to have a look at. Speaking of social media, you can currently find me on Facebook at What The Heck Mystery Podcast, Instagram at WT Heck Podcast, and you can also support me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash What The Heck Podcast. Just £3 a month will get you access to the unedited versions of the episodes so you can hear all the mess ups I make while recording. I would have made it lower, but the tiers begin at £3, so that was the lowest I could go. More tiers will be added as we go, and as I find more things to share with you outside of the episodes. If you want to pledge more than £3 a month, you're more than welcome to, and I'll have to find something extra special for anyone who does. I've also set up an email address, whattheheckpod3 at gmail.com. I'd like you to send in your stories of the unexplained, so I can read them out in secondary episodes. But if you have any issues with my phrasing, or think some of the things that I've said are insensitive, please don't be afraid to let me know and I'll address them in episodes as I record them.